We do have a scripture for this day. We have uh, been working through, listening to, thinking about, praying with the Christmas story is found in the Gospel of Luke. But this morning, we turn to the only other passage in scripture that talks about Jesus's, the announcement of Jesus' birth, and then Joseph's experience. And this comes from the Gospel of Matthew. And I read to you from verses 18 through 25. So, uh, by the way, the Gospel of Matthew, the very first Gospel in the New Testament, begins with a genealogy of Jesus. So that was very important to that Gospel writer that tells us that this um, Jesus is the son of David. This goes back to Abraham. So uh, we begin. Now, the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And when Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, And he took Mary as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh God, thank you for this word to us this morning. An old word made new again by the power of the Holy Spirit. So bless us now with whatever each of us in this congregation and those gathered in all these places needs to know for our lives, for our community, for our world this Christmas season. Amen. Fourth Sunday of Advent. It has gone quickly. Each Sunday we have... uh, introduced ourselves and and had conversations with the lead characters, with the primary figures of this Christmas story. Week one, we heard from, we heard not from, but about John the Baptist's parents, Elizabeth and Zechariah. What did we find out about them? It was pretty simple. They were righteous, they lived blamelessly before God, and they had no children. Week two, we heard the story of Angel Gabriel's appearance to Mary. What did we hear about Mary? She was a virgin, engaged to a man named Joseph, and that she was a favored one. Last week, we heard the whole marvelous story of Christmas told by our children and our youth in both reading and song. And this week, Joseph. You know, we don't hear much about Joseph. In fact, I don't think in the, I got to thinking about this, I don't think I've ever preached a sermon on Joseph that didn't come at the Advent season. What do we know about him? Very little. He was in this uh, passage this morning, we hear that he's engaged to Mary. 
and that he is a righteous man. There's only a couple other references to Joseph in the scripture and that we know uh, from the, the line when they say that Jesus was the son of a carpenter, we assume then that was Joseph. We're told here, again, that Joseph was a righteous man. Not a self-righteous man, a righteous man. And what that meant was, and still means, virtuous. Doing what is right in the sight, in the sight of God. He was committed to that. He was committed to doing what was right in the sight of God, and that is a good thing. And for a morally good, righteous man in the day in which Joseph lived, there were two choices about, and these were the acceptable choices. These were the righteous choices. For a person like Joseph in a situation with a woman like Mary. Joseph finds out Mary is pregnant. He knows it is not his child. So his two choices, again, the righteous choices following commandment are these. One, a public declaration of her infidelity, which would allow Mary to be stoned to death. That was a righteous, law-abiding choice. Or what uh, Joseph had kind of committed to do, would be to dismiss, to dismiss Mary quietly. For we're told, unwilling to expose her to public disgrace. So being stoned to death is not a good option. Isolation and disgrace, which would be the second choice, the better way. That's also hard to take in. We can only imagine Joseph's feeling that night before the dream, right? He would have been feeling very heavy-hearted. Hmm. Hmm. Joseph. Joseph, a righteous man. Could he possibly then have been open to something else which allowed God to come to him in this dream? I'm assuming if Joseph was a righteous man who knew the laws and commandments knew the commandment that uh, Jesus would then speak about as an adult, that the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, and that the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Joseph would have known that right, and that might have been the opening, maybe was, I think, yes, it was the opening for the possibility of the word of God to come to Jesus, to Joseph in a dream to say there is another way of righteousness. Not the righteousness of law, but the righteousness of love that leads to peace, peace of mind, peace for his family, peace for the world, for Joseph. Love. Love that makes Joseph available to God's word in a dream. You know, when we, uh, I always love, obviously I do, I read it every year. I love the reading of How the Grinch Stole Christmas because I love that what the Who's decide must have happened is that the Grinch's heart grew three sizes. Because throughout scripture, what we hear is about people's hearts being broken open. And Ezekiel, and again, I want you to remember, this is a word that Joseph, as a righteous Jew, would have known, the prophets. Ezekiel 
wrote on behalf of God the prophet, a new heart I will give you and a new spirit I will put in you and I will remove from your body the heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh, of life. So that heavy-heartedness, that heavy-heartedness of Joseph when he went to bed that night and then the opening that night in a dream, the words of the angel, Joseph, son of David, right? That means righteous one. Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you'll name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Joseph, don't be afraid. Because your love of God and your love of Mary is the root of righteousness, for love wins. I say this so often, that if the Bible is a living word, and I believe it is, or I wouldn't be here, um, it speaks to us this day, which takes this story from just being a nice story about Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, to being a story that has something to do with you and I, something to do with our church, with our community, with our world, about righteousness, about a righteousness rooted in love, love of God and love of neighbor, rather than confining it to a righteousness of law. A couple of stories about what happens when we as righteous people trying to do what is right have our hearts broken open. My, uh, my first appointment was to a congregation, uh, two congregations that had never had a woman as a pastor, which probably 26 years ago was not all that unusual. Um, how Methodist Church work, you have an intake, and the uh, staff parish relations committee doesn't know who's uh, coming in as the pastor. And so I walked in with the DS and with my husband and was introduced as their new pastor. There was a considerable amount of shock um, with some of them. And as they went around and introduced themselves, this one man, good and holy, a righteous person, and I mean that quite sincerely, said to me when it came time for his introduction, he told me his name and then he said, and we're not ready for a woman pastor. He was clear and he was honest. That's not who we are. And I still remember my words. I followed by saying, I hope that God and I can prove you wrong. What happened in the course of the year was this. His wife got very sick with cancer, and I visited with them, and I, I had an opportunity to do a lot of pastoral care. At the end of the first year, I had done her funeral. We had uh, shared a lot of grief that year. And a couple weeks after the funeral, he called me up and said, could I come over for a visit? And when I went to visit, this uh, wonderful righteous man said to me, I just want you to know I've had to eat a lot of crow this year. I've had to eat a lot of crow this year because uh, I was wrong. I was wrong. Oh, and what I forgot to tell you in this story, which I think is very important, this individual is in church every single Sunday. This uh, belief he had, which was rooted in scripture for him, he, was, uh, he never backed away. He never backed away. He stayed engaged that entire year. 
And in the end, he said to me, I have been changed. I, I have to believe that that is a little bit of a story of Joseph, how when you are certain, and this is, again, I want to emphasize, it is believing what is right and holy. And to be changed when God interrupts that, that righteousness of law, to reveal a righteousness of love. So these are, that's a very personal story to me. But there's also big public stories. In this last year, these last six months, we have heard on the national, international news, the story about the discovery of mass burial sites where thousands of indigenous children that were taken from their tribes, from their homes, to put into boarding schools. Some of these uh, schools were run by the government in both Canada and in the United States. Many of them were run by churches. Many of them were run by uh, denominations that were predecessors of the United Methodist Church. The first of these boarding schools was so close, Carlisle, PA. It is hard to fathom now, right, that Christians would have embraced the saying, kill the savage to save the man. It is so uh, painful for us to recognize that there was a time. There was a time, and these schools, by the way, ran into um, the 60s. There was a time when good, righteous people who believed they were following would say and embrace such a thing. Well, what has happened in the United Methodist denomination as well as others, there is a call to repentance, to say we didn't get it right. We are so sorry that by our actions we have broken the heart of God and we have harmed, killed, allowed the death of innocent children. God, we are so sorry. That is, to me, a breaking open of the righteousness of love. Oh my gosh, there's so many stories like this. In the book um, written by uh, Robert Jones called White Too Long, he tells documented stories of people in churches in the 50s in the South who left worship to go to lynchings. Hmm. Well, those people weren't really Christians. We can say that now. But they thought they were, and maybe they were in a way that we are now horrified by. And I bet some of you are thinking here and everywhere, this isn't very Christmassy, Sarah. This isn't very Christmassy. But I believe it's at the heart of this change that we see, that we hear, that we read about with Joseph that he could only see two ways forward to be righteous, and both of them, both of them would have punished and be incredibly harmful to Mary, who was carrying Jesus, the Son of God. Can't we just go back to a way in the manger? We can. We can, but now with a different opening in our hearts, that our, our hearts might grow three sizes. And that our way of thinking about righteousness might be changed. And that we might see our neighbors, our family, our one another, the stranger, differently. What I realized this week as I read and prayed with this story of Joseph, that I've most often thought of it as the uh, 
add-on to the Christmas story. That it was like that little uh, asterisk to the story from Luke. If you want to read more about Joseph, go to Matthew. But I, uh, my heart has been either strangely warmed or grew three sizes in, in this honoring of Joseph and the angel this day. That if we are invited to let go of what some of what we've been taught about righteousness and obedience to law, to be open to righteousness as obedience to the love of God, our heart, soul, mind, and to love our neighbor as ourself, whoever, whoever our neighbor is. So this morning, this Christmas, might we be like Joseph, open to the dream, open to the word of God, open to change, open to a new kind of righteousness. Amen. Amen.